1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Welcome to Wednesday War College. My name is Jesse Romero. I find myself here in, uh, at the Malvern Retreat House in, in Philadelphia. I'll speak. I'll be speaking tonight, tomorrow, and the next in the next day. Uh, but I'm here every single Wednesday. We have one of the two instructors for Liber Cristo. We have either Dr. Dan Schneider or Kyle Clement. Both of them are in Father Exorcism, Father Ripperger's Exorcism team. Both of them are instructors for the Liber Crystal Method, which is taking the country by storm because it really is uh, it really is the Catholic monastic uh, uh, norm to, go, to coming back to healing, deliverance, using Catholic monastic principles. Kyle, welcome, my friend. I've been, I've been seeing you in a couple of weeks. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, Jess. It's so glad to hear from you. Please give my regards to Father Mayor. Oh, okay. We'll do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, people out here they they know about the. Trust me, they know about Liber Christo. They're learning about it more and more. Kyle, several years ago, Father Ripperger, who's uh, who, who you're you're his right hand man. You're his assistant on his exorcism uh, on his exorcism team. He wrote an article when when he was a relatively young priest. I think he was still teaching in seminary. The article was called The Sixth Generation, and the article actually sounds very prophetic, and it sounds like a lot of things that had happened. He described what would happen with, with the different generations, but he ends up talking about the sixth generation, which seems to be the generation that we're in now right now, or, 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 or the young people, the youth right now. Can you walk us through... Father Ripperger's theology, his lecture on the six generations, and how does it apply to us today? What generation are we in right now? And uh, and and does some of this have something to do with what we would call generational spirits being passed on from one generation to another? So the short answer is yes, it definitely does, and this is an area of of great misunderstanding and misinformation um, in the church and in society for that matter. And so when Father wrote this, he was an instructor. He was a theological, uh, he was a theology instructor at the Fraternity of St. Peter Parish, I mean, Fraternity of St. Peter uh, uh, Seminary. And um, it, it was written largely from an academic standpoint. And then he and I have revisited this article multiple times. When you look at case diagnosis and things, um, and it bears out what he was seeing and what he was writing. Um, it was prophetic, but it wasn't mystical. And I think to let's talk about that for a moment. Okay. Is creatures are very, very patterned. We have natures. Um, we have inclinations, both spiritual and biological. And so what you see is that 
the ability to recognize patterns, and that's one of the things that differentiates Libra Cristo, is the demon is not mysterious. He is a creature. He's subject to nature. He's subject to the natural law. He's subject to the order of the cosmos, um, no matter how much he doesn't want to be. And so the Libra Cristo method and the diagnosis uh, criteria recognizes this patterning, if you will. And so if you know what you're looking for, you can apply these principles and and see clearly um, what you're dealing with. All right, let so, me stop you there. Let me stop you there for a second. You said something very profound, which is something that does set the liberal crystal model apart from, let's just say, unbounded encounter ministries, where the liberal crystal model being a medical model, and 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 we're looking for patterns of behavior, where the other models they rely more on mysticism, maybe having a sensitive, uh, somebody that uh, is has the charism. Uh, would that be a fair assessment of of one of the major differences between the liver crystal model of healing and deliverance from, say, Unbound and Encounter Ministries? That's precisely right. It is precisely right. It is um, it is uh, it is a much more um, solid, theologically based, tradition based. Uh, and like you said in the opening, it returns us to the monastic norms of, of deliverance. How did this used to be practiced and to great, great effect? Um, and so you're precisely right in your observation. So let's go back to the sixth generation, Kyle. And you also say that the passing of, uh, of generational spirits, this is something that's also part and parcel of this article that you and father put together and that you guys have revisited several times. So continue. Correct. And so um, even with, there's a lot of misinformation, but to track what father's saying, and then we'll come back and address some of the misinformation. Um, But what father's saying essentially is that you watch the moral decline of a society through, and it's a generational uh, increment. So moral decline is done incrementally. And it's also done generationally. Moral decline meaning um, the prevalence of sin over or vice over virtue. And so anyone, I don't think anyone is going to argue that the um, the morals, the the morals, the norms, the mores, the base virtue, if you will, um, base level virtue of society was much greater in Victorian times, pre-1900, than it is uh, post-2000. So in that roughly 150 years, there has been a significant moral decline. Now, many people will argue that, oh, no, society was just as depraved. Um, It was uh, was simply kept, you weren't aware of it. And that's a false assumption. It's just, it's not a, a reliable assumption. I'll give you a very crass example. We used to line up and pay money at the county fair to see a fat tattooed woman. Now you can see all you want for free on the street. Yeah, you're right. For for, for those freak shows, these side shows, you had to pay for it at a carnival. You're, you're right. And now, now they're providing these in public in parades and in classrooms and in libraries. So uh, point well taken, Kyle. So there's always going to be an occult and there's also going to be a cult. There's going to be overt and covert. 
And so the demon, the evil that is out in the open is the demon is the evil that society will accept. It doesn't mean it's the totality of evil. So back to father's article and just a, a comment before I go back to father's article yeah. is if you're looking now at um, the, the transgender debacle, the, this absolute ridiculous absurd behavior and the demon will militate to absurdity this goes back to it started with the attack on marriage um which it's very simple there's a very simple principle if you do not fight this battle now then the adversary the enemy will increase if eve had whacked this the little snake in the garden mary doesn't have to fight the dragon in john's apocalypse Mm. Evil grows and it militates to absurdity. And so the moral decline will continue um, until it's addressed. And so Father talks about this and he says the lost generation. So the sixth generation means the sixth in a progression. And it starts with what he calls the lost generation. Generation. Now, this is not his term. This term is coined in a 1926 novel by Ernest Hemingway, The Sun Also Rises. That's right. And from the You Can't Make This Up file, this is straight out of Proverbs, The Sun Also Rises. Ernest Hemingway was a, a very, very interesting individual, very indicative of the times, who ends up taking his life out of desperation for what has happened to humanity. Um, but he was very Catholic in his sensibilities. So when he chooses the title, the sun also rises, then it's drawing right out of per, uh, out of the scripture where it says um, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The sun also rises on the evil and the good. And this novel chronicles uh, the lost generation. It is a group of young people who seek adventure, who are off the farm, off of rural America, they seek adventure, and they're being exposed to all kinds of things. But their original intent was to walk the Camino de Santiago. Mm. And so they start on a religious quest, and then they become sidetracked, and they go and watch the running of the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. And so he's showing the juxtaposition of of pursuing hedonistic pleasures versus pilgrimage versus holiness. And so this is that lost generation. And so it's a movement from the Victorian virtues to uh, vicious behaviors, to pleasures. to And so it begins the moral collapse, if you will. And. This generation is the generation that fought World War One. Now, an important thing to note is the entire military force that fought World War One was volunteer. Wow! It is the last. It was volunteer. There was a story that in nineteen, the graduating class of nineteen sixteen at Texas A&M University, the entire class marched off the drill field after they received their diplomas and marched directly to the train station, boarded the train, and went to Europe to fight in the war, to a man. That's chivalry. (laughs) It is. 
And so it's going to be the last wholesale display, societal display of chivalry as a norm. And so this generation split, if you will. This generation understood suffering. This in, this generation understood mortification. They understood the necessity of embracing whatever was given to you. It, it was a right relationship with providence. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. We're talking about an article that Father Chad Ripperger put out years ago when he was a professor at the FSSP Seminary over in uh, in Nebraska. The article is called The Sixth Generation. Kyle Clement, who is the most literate layperson in spiritual warfare on planet Earth, and he's actually the right Father Ripperger's right-hand man, they they, they put a, a lot of these articles, especially the, the four-phase protocol, they put this together. Actually, a lot of this is Kyle's work that Father Ripperger uh, takes a look at. And he says, yeah, let's implement this. This is good stuff. So uh, oftentimes, uh, I think uh, the great work that Father Ripperger has been doing, uh, I think it's augmented. It couldn't be done without Kyle Clement. And I, I just want to thank him for being on with us on Wednesdays, him and Dr. Dan Schneider. Kyle, let me ask you a question. Uh, so this the generation that you're talking, that you're describing right before the break, was that the World War I generation or the World War II generation or both? So it's the World War I generation. It would have okay. been those people born between 1880, roughly, and 1900. Got um, it. Or shortly after, some say up until about 1910. Um, but these uh, these were the ones who, what was happening in the world is important as well because in the 1880s there was catholic persecution in germany and different parts of uh in different parts of europe freemasonry was was very very active in destroying the link between altar and crown if you will remember what predicated world war one was the uh assassination of archduke ferdinand in vienna he was the last papally cord uh, coronated uh, nobleman in Europe. And so this, he really was the last physical noble person who had been coronated by the Pope into wow. his position of nobility. What country and was so, he? What, was he Spain? Was that Spain? He, it was in, uh, no, this was our, uh, Austria. Okay, got it. And so he was, um, he was assassinated um, on the eve of, of World War One, and so quickly, what happens after World War One? Um, you get the Bolshevik Revolution, you get um, uh, the unification in Italy, and at this time, um, Pope Leo the Thirteenth is um, sequestered. He's lost the Vatican States. All of these things are happening, um, and he, Pius the Tenth will be um, Pope in 1903. But they were all, all the, the popes at this time, Leo XIII and, and Pius X were saying, um, beware this spirit of modernism. They already recognized it in mm. the church. And the spirit of modernism was sweeping um, the nation or the, the world because it was this idea we're moving from 
uh, an urban to a to a, I mean a rural to an urban to a metropolitan to a cosmopolitan to sophistication to all of these things which um, were very very active in the lower faculties. It was a pursuit of, of pleasure, and it, it really began the moral decline because the Victorian virtue and chivalry began to collapse. And then as this generation moves out of World War I and goes through the roaring 20s, which was all of this decadence, and this this is when um, Hemingway says, this is the lost generation. They've lost their moral compass, their spiritual moorings, if you will. Um, and he describes them as this, then they, they're going to move in their adulthood into the depression. But you've mm. got to, to you, you've got to see everything that they experienced was, uh, was very, very rapid. There's now very strong evidence that the financial collapse um, that ushered in the Great Depression, which was not just a financial depression, but this was a collective societal psychosis, if you will. And we're seeing this being done again. This is uh, there's strong evidence that this was uh, engineered by um, the Illuminati, those for one world government that were reshaping the financial constructs of the world, because we're going to come out of this with a Federal Reserve. We're going to we're going to depart the gold standard. We're going to do a lot of things that are not um, that are not smart. So there's a commentary of my insertion that's not so, in so, Father's article. But... Sounds like you're uh, you're describing what's happening right now as well. Correct. So this comes in waves because brainwashing cannot be done 24 seven. There's a there's a low drumbeat that's done, but the incremental change is done in in very intense bursts. And then there's a withdrawal, letting the organism um, acquiesce and accommodate, acclimatize to those changes. And then the next wave and then the next wave. And so we're, when you look back in history from this vantage point, you see where we've been indoctrinated or there's been an, an, an attempt to indoctrinate us. But it really started within this lost generation where Freemasonry um, issued their manifesto against the Catholic Church and began in earnest to destroy the constructs of church and state, the unified church and state. Mm. Kyle, I want to give just a, a, a definition of modernism. Uh, I've heard modernism ex explained in one sentence. Obviously, uh, you know, they militate against the supernatural. They militate against divine revelation. Modernists, what they have is they have an experiential view of revelation. It's it's my experience. That's what determines revelation, not what God has given us through sacred scripture and sacred tradition. So I just want to insert that. Go ahead, Kyle. That's a very, very good point. Um, another poignant way to describe it, consistent with what you're saying, is modernism conforms reality to the individual, uh, and traditionalism <laughs> conforms the individual to reality. Yeah, that's that's crystal clear. Yep. So go ahead. And talk so to this, yeah. this lost generation really split into two groups, and that was the group that pursued despair. Uh, they became, we see in them a lot of the modern psychologists. 
they became um, everything is um, is working against them, and they became despairing. These are sins against hope, the second person of the Trinity. Um, we see large numbers of suicide and taking of life, inability to cope. And then there were the Stoics uh, who took up suffering. These are the grapes of wrath type. Um, but they did not pass this on to their children. This was something to be uh, endured, not embraced. And so the, the small kids that grew up during the Depression, um, there's not a lot of thankfulness. There's a lot of, of disillusionment. There's a lot that comes out of this because this generation um, just did not teach their children um, well. They were just, this was something to be gotten through at all costs, and, and little was learned of it spiritually. And then this this ushers in what Tom Brokaw called the greatest generation. Um, these are people born from 1905, 1910 to about 1940, uh, 1935. Uh, these are very much those who either participated in World War II or grew up during World War II. And Father makes the uh, observation that these are anything but the greatest generation. In fact, uh, he thinks they are uh, the worst, and there's much argument <laughs> for that. Yeah, he did say that in the article, and, and and he's pretty strong about that. He really is. When you look at, at the consequences of their action, and in many cases their inaction, um, they there was a major major shift. Now, we made the observation that the armed forces in World War I were volunteer more than half and at the end of the war almost 70 percent of the enlisted men in world war ii were conscripted they were drafted mm. and so you you see right there what happened to chivalry in a single generation yeah because the, the succeed the, the succeeding wars they were they the, the the draft was enacted correct that's correct. The, the, yeah. When we saw the last time we saw conscription before World War um, II was the Civil War or the War of Northern Aggression, depending mm. on how you view it. Mm. But um, so and conscription, there is a, a direct correlation between the incident of post-traumatic stress syndrome, shell shock, uh, combat fatigue, et cetera, whatever you want to call it. And uh, conscription is because conscripted men experience this phenomenon at a much higher rate than the volunteer. Interesting. The reason being, the reason being, we think, is that um, the volunteer is going to, by his nature, is going to have a higher degree of virtue, willingness to suffer, sacrifice for others, and to engage in that which is arduous. He has more fortitude. He has more courage. He's more of uh, founded in virtue than the conscripted individual, the individual that's forced. And so the individual that's forced is going to respond as, as a victim. Um, it's, it's all happening to him. Not, he doesn't have that broader view. And so that seems to have borne out, especially through Vietnam and sub subsequent conflicts, um, is the idea Modernly, what we've got when we had a volunteer force that went to Desert Storm and other places, modernly, what we've got, though, is a disillusionment. We'll come into that when we talk about the boomers and the later generations is got disillusionment. So uh, the greatest generation, they grew up in the Depression, 
but they didn't embrace their suffering. And so they almost wear it as a red badge of, uh, uh, of courage, if you will. Like Johnny Tremaine is just, um, they want to, you know, this is Bill Cosby's, I walked uphill to school barefoot in the snow both ways. Um, it doesn't matter how bad you've got it. They're going to tell you they had it worse. And it, and it mm. didn't make them a better person. It was just something to, to get through. And they sought to escape it. And it was a largely, a, it was a generation of inner vows. I will never let this happen again. I will never uh, then fill in the blank. And so what happens is, there was a, a real lack of mortification it, at home. And the roles started to be blurred between men and women, between authority. Um, there was a, a tremendous work ethic, but the work ethic wasn't there to build character. It was to amass temporal goods. Um, how many cars can I put in the driveway? How many square feet can I buy in my house? Uh, what are the, the it, it is the accumulation. And so you see a real shift in this generation from dominion to domination, accumulation, um, amassing of, of wealth. Um, and so that's indicative of this, quote, greatest generation. But what Father says, and, and I must agree, is their greatest failure is they did not preserve and pass on the tradition. We see the state of the church, the biggest shift in the church happen under their watch. Start starting hold, in 1955. Hold that thought, Kyle. Hold that thought. We're talking to Kyle Clement. This is a fascinating discussion. It's, it's called the sixth generation. Uh, and we're going to get to the sixth generation. Kyle is, is uh, talking about the way uh, evil militates to absurdity and we see this from the first generation of the sixth generation you're listening to Wednesday War College Jess Romero Kyle Clement stick around we'll be right back we're talking about the sixth generation the lost generation we'll be right back Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. Kyle is uh, Father Ripperger's right-hand man in his exorcism team. He's his, his case administrator. He's, uh, without a doubt, the most literate, knowledgeable Catholic layman on planet Earth when it comes to uh, when it comes to Catholic spiritual warfare. In fact, he was one of the founding members of the Pope Leo XIII Institute, one of the original founding members. We're talking about an article that Father Ripperger wrote a long time ago when he was a, uh, a an instructor, a professor over at, uh, at the FSSP seminary in, in, uh, in uh, the state of Nebraska. <clears throat> and the article's called The Sixth Generation. It is fascinating. And Kyle is giving us, uh, he's basically unpeeling this article for us. Kyle, go ahead, my friend. Uh, thank you, Jesse. And so to keep in mind, Father wrote this uh, with regard to how generational sins, uh, generational spirits operate. And so, um, it, and he also, there's a term he does not use in this article, but we've used, used it. it's called the zeitgeist or the spirit of the age. And so the spirit of the age in this greatest generation uh, really was one of, uh, of arrogance. It was one of pride. It was um, an elevation of self, but it also sought to 
uh, shape the modern world. And they are responsible in father's uh, uh, estimation and observation, they are responsible for failing to pass on the sensibility, the sense of fidelium, uh, fidelity to the faith, to the tradition. And so we see the church begin to, especially the liturgy, begin to deform significantly under their watch, starting in 1955 with the revisions done in 1955, authored by um, Freemason Cardinal Angelino Bugnini. And so this is a individual that is um, very, very active in deforming the liturgy, starting with the 1955 revisions. And so <clears throat> what happens is the church becomes, quote, modernized. Modernism is now definitely front and center in the, in the, in the church. And we see um, virtue and moral theology collapsing wholesale. We start to see the movement of what's called the beat generation or this transitional group of people coming of age in the mid 50s. Um, and, and though people laugh about it and things like that, um, it is truly something that needs to be observed is this is the advent of drug, sex and rock and roll. It starts to become there's some mainstream behavior, some things being done to music and to uh, public displays of affection. There are other things that are happening that are being permissible in the 50s that by the 1960s were into the boomer generation. And uh, those that are born, uh, the baby boomers were born between 46 and 64. And so the norm by then um, was all kinds of uh, depravity, um, sexual promiscuity. Uh, and it was a, a mass indulgence in children and a failure of discipline of children because the, quote, greatest generation did a lot of things good, but they were not good parents. And by the time they're boomers, uh, their children are parenting all but quits. Um, it all but, but ceases. Until now, we've gotten to a point where there are 49 states in the union where corporal punishment is against the law in mm. public school. Mm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I would probably think it was. It would be fifty by now. Kyle, let me ask you a question. So this, uh, the greatest generation. Um, one thing that gives me cognitive dissonance. It gives me an intellectual charting horse when I think about this. Was the generation that uh, was top heavy with modernists at Vatican II. And, and and the theologians, these these greatest generation prelates, these guys were raised on the Baltimore Catechism, the Catechism from the Council of Trent. They were raised on the Latin Mass. I scratch my head and I and I say what Saint Paul says to the Galatians: Who has bewitched you? How did this happen? When the formation was at least solid at that time. Uh, how was it that this generation allowed all this pedophilia? Because a lot of the pedophilia happened under this the baby booner generation, and and uh, and, and a lot of the, the 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 players like Annabelle Bonini and many many others, they were part of that greatest generation that had some pretty solid catechetical materials and the Latin Mass. How did these guys go off the rails uh, like they did? So it's a very, very good question because the zeitgeist of this age is entitlement. 
It is the the idea that I can rewrite, I can remake, I can change mm. for the sake of change, and that is the zeitgeist at this at this age. And so, uh, evil in the form of the Axis powers has been defeated by good. Uh, it, it's like living in a Marvel comic book. Um, the allies defeat the Axis powers. Good defeats evil. Um, and so there's a wave of entitlement, of arrogance, the spoils of war, if you will. Um, all of those things ride this generation into they can make everything better. They can do everything better. And so the sense of preservation is it absolutely dis disappears. Um, the spirit of preservation for uh, posterity absolutely disappears because they rejected their inheritance. And now they're making a new one for or the lack of one, if you will, uh, spiritual inheritance for those to come. Everything old is suspect, is uh, needs to be replaced with all mm. things new. And that is the spirit that you're seeing that, in, Kyle, this, these, in that generation. That generation, that that was that's what some of these leaders, political and spiritual, that was what afflicted them diabolically. Right. I mean, this is just not, you know. These guys are just narcissists and prima donnas. There's a diabolical generational spirit that in, uh, afflicted the that the World War II, uh, you know, the the, the greatest generation uh, to think that uh, they they had this messiah complex. We can make things better. See all that old stuff there. We got to get rid of this. We're going to make it better. There 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 there's some type of diabolical disorientation at work there. Well, you're absolutely right. And this is the universal principle is no matter the zeitgeist, there are going to be members of the generation who don't succumb to that evil spirit, but they're going to be the rarity. They're going to be the minority. The majority of those people in that generation are going to be psychologically compatible with the zeitgeist or the spirit of that age. And when that happens, then the demon can drive the history of the world. And that's exactly what happened. It is what happened. Is what it's what's happening right now. So let's uh, let's let, continue, Kyle. We got about uh, two minutes, and then we got one more segment. And I want you to get to the sixth generation. So proceed. Okay. And so the boomers. Uh, this is the hippie gym generation. You know, for lack of a better term, um, it is pleasure. But the spirit, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age is indocility. It is it is more than rebellion. It is the rejection of authority, the wholesale rejection of authority. You know, we had catchwords: don't trust anyone over thirty. Uh, the you can't trust the man. You can't trust the establishment. Um, and so this yep. was an, a I heard all those words. Yeah. Yep. This I've is heard, a wholesale yeah, exactly. rejection. This mm -hmm. is a wholesale rejection of uh, what few. Um, moral and virtuous norms survived um to this point and so it was um it was just an an inverse it was a upside down if you will an inside out of everything that had made us great and so america's decline starts in earnest and the church's decline starts in earnest under this generation this, these baby boomers and so their generation then they're going to have two generations these are their children will be called generations x and generation y and so there are there's a an elongation 
And these are not demographically narrowly defined, but it's people born from the mid-60s through the 80s uh, are Generation X, and Generation Y is going to be those that um, are born uh, in, on into the 90s, into the mid-90s. And so these generations, what you've got, um, it, it's amorality and the absence of religiosity. It's a numbing. It's a desire for overstimulation. And it's an inability to moderate. Uh, whatever the per it's a real form of Luciferianism where the person becomes the center of their own universe. Kyle, would it be, um, would it, would it be fair to say that that's also called the me generation? Yeah. Both of those generations can be the me generation. And, and with the prevalence and the degradation of marriage the decline of marriage and the prevalence of single family homes um, with single children or low children count, low sibling count, this really adds to that uh, idea that the individual is the center of the universe. And so instead of anything being focused on cre creator, everything is focused on creature. And this is truly seen in the, in the liturgy, in the movement of the liturgy, when we go from ad orientum to ad hominem or ad populum, it's no longer focused on the creator, but focus on the creature. And so now we've moved from, um, any kind of appreciation to total entitlement. Nothing which it will be given or provided for the individual is appreciated. All is entitlement. There is a sense that what am I being deprived of? What am I not receiving rather than any sense of gratitude for what the individual is receiving? Kyle, would you say that generation X and Y, is there a, ah, we're gonna go to a quick break. Uh, we'll, we'll pick it up on the next segment. You're listening to Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. We're talking about uh, generational spirits and basically the sixth generation. And Kyle will get right to the climax right now in the next segment. Uh, if uh, if th this shows, this show is a show that you definitely want to send to people so they can get a good overview of what's been happening in the last 100, 150 years here in our great country. So you're listening to Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. We'll continue talking about this, this generational spirit, especially in terms of the sixth generation. We'll be right back. back. Chad Ripperger's right-hand man. He's a case administrator for the DeLorean Fathers. Uh, he's without a doubt the most literate Catholic, lay Catholic on planet Earth when it comes to spiritual warfare. In fact, the book that just came out, I just finished reading it, The Liber Crystal Method, a field manual for spiritual combat by Dr. Dan Schneider, who's also on on Wednesdays. Uh, <clears throat> A good a good chunk of this is basically Kyle Clemens' intellectual property, and 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 Dan does note it on the book, Doctor Dan Schneider, because as I was reading the book, me and my wife, as we pretty much finished reading it, we could see from one page to another, where uh, Doctor Dan Schneider says, and Clement says this. At first, I said, "Who's he talking about, Clement of Alexandria?" I said, "No, he's talking about Kyle Clement." So, uh, congratulations, uh, Kyle. You uh, 
you, you added uh, the, the meat and potatoes to this new book that just came out. And Dan, without a doubt, gave you the, the credit for it. So congratulations. So Kyle, real quick, where can people hear you or find out where you're speaking at real quick? Also, thanks for plugging the book. Dan did a great job uh, pulling all that together and, and taking care of the rough edges. Um, the uh, So go to www.liberchristo.org and www.monte, M-O-N-T-E, Christo, C-H-R-I-S-T-O, dot net. And that'll give you a, um, a full list of all the things that we're doing. Coming up, though, um, we have a Fullness of Truth conference. Um, Dr. Uh, Dan, Father Ripperger, and I will be in Texas um, on the Feast of St. Michael to do a Fullness and Truth conference down there. Uh, so you can go to that conference. Uh, Father Ripperger and I are doing various trainings <clears throat> in different dioceses and different conferences. But a list of all of those things is available on the Monte Cristo website. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to um, a daily reflection called Reclamation Theology, which takes into account, you'll hear a lot of these themes that, um, and what it does is it tracks the extraordinary calendar, the extraordinary form, the traditional calendar. And we look at what was present in the pre-55 liturgy, then what was present in the 55 to 62, and then what did we lose after 62? So but the 14 years from 1955 to 1969 saw, saw the biggest movement, degradation, and changes in liturgy than we had had in the previous 2,000 years. And that is a very important 14-year period to watch the octaves disappear, the triduums disappear, the solemnities, the holy days, all of those things that gave real structure and, and discipline to the Catholic faith were systematically removed starting in 1955 under this, quote, greatest generation. The boomers bought into it. They wanted the relaxed liturgy. They wanted the relaxed norms. They wanted the modernization of the Catholic Church. And then there was never enough. There was never, that's the thing, one of the universal themes of the demon is he's never satisfied. Then the <laughs> offspring of the boomers was a generation X's and Y's. Um, and and these guys, you know, theirs is, is amorality. It's, it's an absence of religiosity, that there's no absolute truth. This is that spirit, that zeitgeist is that of uh, the age is that you you determine truth, you determine reality, because after all, you are in fact your own God. Um, there's no need for religion. Um, there is, uh, religion can be the planet, religion can be uh, the rock, it can be your dog, it can be whatever you want it to be, and it goes to absurdity. But these people, they, they're, they, they are nice <laughs> to a fault, meaning this, the secular virtue of nice has replaced all the true virtues. It replaces the <laughs> theological virtues. It That's replaces true. the cardinal virtues. And as long as you are nice and non-confrontational and don't call someone out and support them in whatever their mental illness dis <laughs> or deficiency or deviancy may be, mm. then you are nice. And after all, 
Nice is what is important. That is what the hallmark of the X and Ys are. Exactly. Yeah, that's 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 the virtue of the uh, of the woke left. Just be nice. Just be nice. Uh, and of course, that word's not not found in the Old or New Testament, by the way. Precisely. And so they preach tolerance and do not offend. And so I always point out to them, when will you be tolerant of my intolerance? <laughs> yeah. Or so when will you be you. when will you be tolerant of what of, of orthodoxy, what Holy Mother Church has been teaching uh, for two thousand years? Yeah, correct. And so this is this is the generation that started. They haven't perfected it because this uh, generation Z, Gen Z, perfected what I'm about to bring up. But what they uh, X and Y started a movement that spans these generations here, and that's called the council uh, cancel culture. If they do not, if you do not affirm them or agree with them, they write you off. It is as if you never existed. We say that right now in living color in, in the church yep. and in politics, by the way, both. Precisely. And so this is a this is a building spirit. This is a very predominant spirit. I want to make an observation here also that as you watch the moral decline you need to watch, we need, it bears watching the margins of society, meaning the most vulnerable among us, the young and the old, the lost generation. Life was very sacred, even through the depression, life was very sacred. And there was an understanding about the dignity of life and both on both ends, the newborn and the aged and we took care of, we raised our own children and we buried our own dead, meaning we kept the, the young in our house and we, we kept the old in our house from the beginning of life to the end of life. And you start seeing that being farmed out by the baby boomers. It's really starting to become popular, but the, the Gen uh, X and Ys, they're not going to have aged parents in their house and they're going to send their kids to daycare. And those daycare kids that are formed without virtue and that are formed um, by a hireling, that's going to be one of the hallmarks of the Gen Zs. They are ones that are left at daycare with no moral training. They, um, they have gone without a coherent moral code or religious doctrine or really any societal norms. It received no moral formation and it received no corporal punishment from their parents. And so parenting has been at an abject failure for these Gen Zs. And so there's no respect. This is one of the things that is amazing for old guys like us. There is, this is the most disrespectful set of people that have ever roamed the face of the earth because age means nothing. Culture means nothing experience means nothing and it's a very chilling thing um to encounter a full-blown woke gen z who will look you in the eye as if you are a bug yeah well just look at the 274 uh, acts of violence on cities against police stations and courthouses that happened uh, for about for about two two and a half years and that was gen z this is a generation that's they're, they're plugged into technology they're uh but but they're a generation that's gone without a coherent moral code uh, or a religious doctrine 
uh, or and but a lot of them are involved in the occult on uh, uh, kind of coincidentally Kyle so they do believe in the preternatural or the paranormal they do but just it just it, it just uh in, in the wrong uh they the, their focus is wrong it's not Christ centered it's demon centered that's correct that is absolutely correct um and then this the sixth generation um this is their offspring uh of the gen z's is is the sixth generation and this is a very very um sobering this this should chill us uh to the bone because these are you got two minutes called two minutes these are people where the occult is absolutely front and center to them it's normative and the way to grow in the in the occult is to descend deeper and deeper into depravity and so they get a taste for power um, they get a taste for influence, manipulation, and they they really feel that they can and they can conform reality um, to their own will. But the point is, is it doesn't conform the eternal reality of God. And so they're trading a temporal uh, sense of power um, for eternal damnation. And it's very, very chilling. These are the ones that are shaped by Harry Potter and the other uh, mm. occult acceptable occult uh, influences and there is no moral compass there's no sense of right and wrong there's no sense of the natural law and and it's extremely chilling because we've lost all of those things which help us turn to god in times of trouble um and so it's very hard for them to to do that this these have these souls have been cut loose and isolated um from god in so many ways God help us, because I see a lot of this generation that you're talking about, this sixth generation or this lost generation. Uh, they're like uh, we've raised a society of monsters. Uh, they're like zombies on the street. They're like predators. And uh, you look at them and, uh, you know, the lights on, but nobody's home. They have no moral compass. Yeah, I wish nobody was home, but the, the one that's home is not the one that's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks a lot, brother. That's a wrap. What an outstanding lecture. Uh, share this program with your family and friends. The Sixth Generation by Kyle Clement and Father Ripperger. Outstanding analysis. Of the, he just gave us a quick overview of the last hundred years, uh, just in stages. And uh, Kyle, thanks a lot, my friend. Uh, what's the website where people can get a hold of you again? Thank you, Jesse. It is www.monte, M-O-N-T-E, Christo, C-H-R-I-S-T-O, dot net. Well, family, that's a wrap. My name is Jesse Romero. You've been listening to Wednesday War College. This is where we fight for altar and throne uh, to one day be inseparably linked together under Christ the King forever. Remember, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful, and God will hear your prayer. So say Padre Pio. And uh, and here on, on the Wednesday War College, every single Wednesday, it's, it's as high level uh, Catholic Spiritual Warfare with Dr. Dan Schneider, with Kyle Clement. Both of them are in Father Ripperger's exorcism team. And uh, Kyle is the Father's case administrator. So uh, a, a lot of what's in the book that Dan wrote is Kyle Clement and Father Chad Ripperger's. It's, it's their intellectual property. Uh, Dan just kind of just put it together in a coherent manner. So thank you very much, Kyle. We'll see you next time, my friend. God bless you. Keep the faith. And... Uh, as for you out there, up next, Gary Machuda, hands on apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. 
And remember the Bible verse that is the hallmark for this program, Psalm 69, verse 2. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me.